Hello and welcome to the 361 Podcast Season 10, Episode 2. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. And I'm Ray Flamford from the All About Sites. This week we're talking all about Apple and WWDC. We've heard all the news from their developer conference. And we're wondering if Apple can continue to set the agenda for the mobile industry. Thanks to our friends from TigerMobiles.com, we've got a fantastic prize if you sign up for our exciting new newsletter. Welcome back, chaps. How are you? I am rocking. Good. Very excited. Brave Blanford, just coming a little bit closer to us. You feel a bit far away this week. I'm always on the other side of the table because you both gang up on me. We are, I've noticed that. Why would you like this job? It's, yeah, I do feel like we're interviewing you. <laughs> so, have you ever worked in a McDonald's before? Uh, no. No. What customer-facing skills have you got? I'm able to withstand significant amounts of abuse from other people. Actually, that is, that is, that is true, it's, and I don't require any evidence. It's just because you tend to say Microsoft all the time. There we go. There we go. So, Mr. McLeod, what news with you? Uh, well, I've got the Passport. Ooh. I've got the BlackBerry Passport. Ah, I've BlackBerry Passport. That, so I just haven't really played with it before physically. I had a little look at More World Congress, and I've just been very curious about it. I've always been a BlackBerry fan, and it is... It's a nice, big, glorious screen. It the keyboard is, is physical. You give me a hassle for being a Microsoft fan. He goes on about a dead company. They're still making revenue. Thank you very much. $120 billion down to $5 billion. It's and, great performance. Uh, and where's Nokia? Uh, uh, eat that, it, eat it, that, Blanford. It's actually gone up Put in that value. in your Symbian and yeah. smoke it. But that clunk you heard was you and gently putting the passport it is down very, the table. It's a good, sturdy phone. You will not get mugged carrying that, will you? No, you'll be able to whack people. You with whack people with it. Exactly. If you were shot, I'm pretty sure that would intercept most bullets as okay, well. Okay, right. So my passport, I'm liking it. It's just, interesting. I'm going to write some more about it. Okay, just quickly. The keyboard is weird. It's a three-line keyboard right at the bottom and yes. that's that's one weird thing but I noticed you were using it like a touchpad yes that's right well. so if you put it on, I'll put it on and you can go up and down look, it's, it's touch so touch actually just, just rubbing your fingers across the keys mm. rather than pressing them it works very, like a touchpad excellent very so, sexy. so I've noticed something Ben you've very casually got your wrist displayed on your knee and have been, new watch. Actually, been putting it on Ewan's knee as well. Is that an Apple Watch you're wearing? It is. My new Apple Watch has arrived. Yeah, Shiny. Very pleased with that. At what last, that? At last, that is the 42mm watch oh. one. Watch so, edition, Ewan. No, yeah. What, the, no, not the watch edition. That's the gold one, isn't it? You Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is that the expensive one? Well, it's the middle one of the three. Yeah, so it's it? the expensive one. It's he's, the bought the, he's bought the expensive one. It's the, the stainless steel one. Why? Because it, he's it's nicer. You in stereotype. Oh my god! We were just talking about this. All right, okay. A little while ago, I, I, I'm fine. Did, by the way, good, nice. To yeah, see yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Pop the hand because this is ridiculous. I, I am horrified. How many people listening here went out and bought an Apple Watch? And paid how much? Is it seven hundred pounds? How much you pay for it? The six hundred. This one. Six hundred. Three hundred pounds for and the sports edition. What about the plastic strap? It's not plastic. It's leather. It's that Apple fake. Le- it's that real fake I, leather, isn't it? That's not that. I accept it's not the best leather, mm. but it is leather versus the f- gone Ray for fluoro elastic. Uh, that sounds right to me. From, uh, it's basically it's the same uh, stuff uh, they use. This, this is the back of the iPhone. Yeah, cover, so it, it? it's yeah. it's not one of the sport bands. The plastic rubber sport band yeah. things so but i liked it i went to the store tried it on and decided i didn't like any of the rubber ones i am horrified oh my yeah. god you actually enabled apple you <laughs> walked into them you walked in straight into it you, have, right have, we, have, have we met before in my bag right now yes i've got two apple laptops and an ipad yeah and, and two you, iPhones you gave and, them 
600 quid for that. I did. It's really nice. I'm mm-hmm. really pleased with it, actually, I, as well. I think I admit it looks slightly better than the basic version. Look, I'm going to say this, and I appreciate I this. I can't believe you did that. It doesn't make me come across well, but it is the cheapest watch I own. Wow. Actually, if you're going to do it, you might as well blow stupid amounts of money. Well, you might I, swap your car and get one. Rafe is gesticulating his board of hearing about watches, but my rationale right. was yes, that yes, it, what? to get a, a sport one with a leather band, it was only 100 quid more. So what? I went... If you if you get three hundred pounds, yeah, but you, then you want a proper band you could wear in the office. I wear strap. the what's from the plastic one makes you look like a. Yeah, plop. no, I just don't. I don't. I can't believe you've done I can't, that. I can't believe you put on a, a pinstripe suit and a plastic watch. Yeah, because I want I want to be very clear that I did not spend double or triple the amount of money for the same piece of Gentlemen. technology that isn't brilliant. Gentlemen, perhaps we could move on to this week's topic. Stop everything, because a little while ago, you, Mr. Smith, said I was wrong, because I said people are going to go and buy that. The market will be made by these other devices, and they're going to buy it, and we'll all see more people buying them, and they're going to become quite advantageous things to own. And you walked straight into it. I can't believe you. I think Rafe's right, and that we should yeah. uh, move okay. on. We'll, we'll re- I've had my say, but I think that is ridiculous. We'll revisit that. Rafe, how are you this week? I'm doing very well, thank you. Right, we, moving on. We've had some we, we had some feedback uh, on Dan uh, oh, Dan right. Carter's voicemail last week, asking if anyone could call in and press one to insult Rafe. And uh, I'm obliged to remind people that uh, no, you shouldn't do that. Uh, we don't actually have a Rafe Wrangler here, and we sometimes mm, substitute yes. him with a uh, body double when the japes get uh, particularly vicious. Uh, yes, so season eight. No Rafe Blanfords were hurt in the making of this show. Um, season eight, when I did That's the whole big think. apologist rant. Yes. Rant. Rafe wasn't actually in the room. We moved him out. He put some headphones on outside, listened to some ABBA. Yeah. And I played happy music and had a fruit pastel. There we but, go. But I would have to urge you to leave the insulting to the professionals opposite me. Obviously, a very highly it's skilled not insulting. task. It's not insulting. This has taken years of training. Yeah. So before we get on to this week's topic, just want to quickly remind everybody about the uh, prize that we're offering yes. at the moment. Our friends at tigermobiles.com, the price comparison site where you can check out handsets, pay-as-you-go, SIM-only devices, and a whole bunch of exclusive contracts have helping us to run a survey of what you think the best phone on the market is. All you need to do is tell us and then sign up for our newsletter at 361podcast.com and you could win the handset that you think is best. So uh, why not have a crack at that whilst you're listening to the show this week? And I wonder how many smart listeners got the update about this show already because they were emailed. Because they they signed up when they heard about it in the last episode. There you go. You guys all rock. Thank you very much to those that have signed up already. Anyway, right, so let's move it. This week we're talking about Apple, aren't we, Rafe Blanford? We are in the light of WWDC, the big about developer how... conference. We're not talking about the news. We're not talking about Ben's watch either anymore. Yeah. We are going to talk about Don't whether Apple it. can still set the agenda for the mobile industry. Because you and whether or not you're an Apple fanboy, or whether or not you're a dyed-in-the-wool Nokia apologist, <laughs> not looking at anyone in particular. Indeed. Just you know, just hypothetically, if that person existed, oh, yeah. you have to admit that. Apple somehow seem to have most of the mind share with the mobile industry. When you go to an event, even when they're not there, people talk about them. Yep. You have a conversation about mobile or apps or something like that. They always seem to come back round to what would Apple do or what will they do? And it's the influence and the mind share they have is disproportionate to the size of them in the industry. I mean, they are growing massively and have been growing hugely. But even when they were a complete minnow, in the smartphone marketplace, we were at that point 
where everyone would simply say, I don't, well, yeah, that's cool what the rest of the industry thinks, but it doesn't really matter until Apple released their whatever it was. NFC is a really good example. NFC has not really worked in phones until Apple says, right, this is how it's going to work. And I think part of that is because they are really, really good at it. They're very smart at making things work for the consumer. And we just had WWDC. Yes. And uh, uh, last Apple's, Apple's developer conference. Developer, worldwide developer conference. And last week we talked all about Google and we sort of touched on some of the stuff mm. about I.O. And Apple tend to make their developer conference much more about the stuff that you're going to see very soon. It's months away, not years away. Oh, well, this is a marketing event for Apple. I mean, it used to be just for the fans, but now they broadcast this thing live, you know, and People at work will genuinely you know, sit down with the popcorn and yeah. watch this. And Rafe, the Tim Cook keynote that opened WWDC made the BBC 10 o'clock news the same night with yeah. clips and products from that. I mean, you can't buy that. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's effectively become a press event. It's not a developer event, that opening keynote. There is several days afterwards where you do have kind of developer-focused sessions. But I think one of the interesting things that Apple always does is it kind of sets an agenda or a perception by talking about a number of stats. And actually, it wasn't quite as obvious as the way it sometimes does in the kind of second or first slide. But nonetheless, they were still sprinkled throughout. And I actually think it's quite interesting. You see Apple as these big numbers, but actually the reality is sometimes a little bit different. So just picking out a couple of those. Do you want us to cheer inanely for everything you say? No, I think, you, sh- I think you should be Apple. Yeah. And, and Rafe should be the voice of reason. Okay, right, I like right. that. Okay, okay. I'm going to be Apple. Okay, right. yeah. Remember, yeah. what we're trying to work out is why should Apple set the agenda in the mobile industry? So go on, have a crack. Let me tell you, Apple have now sold, now ladies and gentlemen, prepare yourself, 700 million iPhones. Well, that's a really impressive number, but that's in the life of the iPhone. Did you know that Android in 2014 alone sold 1 billion smartphones? Now it's actually about a quarter of the size of Android. So I'm going to call that one nil to everyone else. Go on, next one then. Okay, you ready? Yep. Sit down, ladies and gentlemen. We now have 100 billion app downloads, and we have now paid $30 billion to developers. Well, that's great, but Google Play gets twice as many downloads from the Google Play Store, and it's recently come out in a report that developers will now make more money from an Android app than they will from an iOS app, simply because of the volume we talked about before. You're just twisting reality. Apple now has 453 retail stores with 120 million visits in the last three months, ladies and gentlemen. Well, Google has a lovely online store. Okay, I might have to give that one to Apple. Okay, so so, so Apple at least dominates mobile retail on the high street, particularly in North America Mm -hmm. and, well, (laughs) to say say the obvious, the countries where they operate in. But they're not actually in all countries, are they? There's plenty of geographies where there's no retail presence. And you could compare that to the number of phone shops in the UK, which I believe is in the region of 3,500. Okay, let's keep going because I'm still looking... Are you liking my cheering, my inane cheering? I I, I think the listeners will be loving that, although probably turning you down. Um, I'm still looking for, though, for that killer stat. 83% of users are running iOS 8. 85% of users don't know what operating system they're running. See, Rafe Blanford's got the stats. Apple Maps has three and a half times more users than Google Maps on iOS. There's roughly five times more Android users overall, and they're all using Google Maps. 
Okay. But, um, but come on, that one, that's nonsense numbers. Though, it isn't is, it? Because it is. you have it's to shocking, install Google Maps on iOS. Exactly. And it's the, yeah. okay. and actually, it's just a really interesting point about default apps. One of the things I thought was really interesting from WWGC was Notes app, the everyone that you know you kind of put in that junk folder, 50% of the user base are using that app on a weekly basis. Real people are morons, aren't it's they? That's where they yeah. put all their passwords, yeah. isn't it? Right, okay, I'm going to win you with this all one. Right, last all one right. then. Siri serves... One billion requests every week. Well, that's nice, but Google does one trillion searches a year, which is uh, equivalent to around 30 billion searches a week. Oh. Okay, so apart from shops... It's all sweaty now. How pleasant. Lovely. That's, that's a quite, paint, quite a lot of effort, that. Paint, painting a picture with the words. Right. So as a company, Apple would rather have some really, really impressive numbers, and yeah. you can't argue that they're not a significant player in the mobile market. It's usually profitable. But... In none of those stats that they cited at WWDC are they actually anywhere close to being completely world-leading and even where they do completely dominate, like retail, for example, those retail stores do software, they do accessories, they do yes. desktops and laptop computers. And it's not to say that they're not impressive pieces of real estate because the, um, the Apple store in London, the Covent Garden, Regent Street ones, are some of the most valuable retail space in the world in terms of amount of money per square foot mm. spent. I do feel I have to speak up for Apple here because I would point out when you look at the uh, margins that they have or the share oh, of profits in the mobile industry, they are undoubtedly leading. But it's interesting, they are doing that by kind of occupying the top 10% and actually Android and Windows Phone and indeed anyone else struggles to compete at the high end with Apple. But I think it's really important to remind ourselves that 80% of the market basically has nothing to do with Apple. And uh, that's a significant part of the population who will not be impacted by what Apple does in the direct manner. But do they, by kind of controlling that top end, have that kind of trickle-down effect where they set the trends and everyone else follows? Well, they do because every exec has got an iPhone. And this is what's been fantastic, right? This really, is- really good because it's helped kick the smartphone era off big time, right? But every exec, because they've got an iPhone, they're expecting to see all the new apps arrive on iPhone first. You do what you want, everybody else, but I, the chief exec, the board want to see on Apple, et cetera, et cetera. And that, I think, is what's so driving a lot. I think this is a critical point. Ewan said, Apple kicked the smartphone industry off. I actually think it's now matured to the point at which, you know, it's absolutely still true when you go into the boardroom at the executive level, they want to talk about iPhone before anything else. You start showing them the numbers, and particularly now that Google and Android have these uptake and usage numbers that are better than iOS, you can actually justify doing Android first. And that trend is only going to continue, and that changes the dynamic. So two things that occurred to me about WWDC this year. One was the announcement of Apple News, and the other one was the announcement of Apple Music. Mm. And they both really underwhelmed me because Apple Music is a product that exists already in the marketplace from other suppliers. So iTunes Connect again. Well, I, I, there's, the, I, there's iTunes Radio, there's yeah. Spotify, there's yeah. all kinds of streaming products. But aside from some celebrity curation and one or two sort of very detailed parts of the product, it actually isn't a particularly you know amazing uh, service. And Apple News is just a flat-out clone of a bunch of products that already exists. Now, no doubt it will be a very pleasant 
way to consume media and particularly for publishing organizations at volume who put out their content in apple news format it would be a way to get the quality and consistency and performance that is very hard to achieve on mobile web so you know it should be nice but nevertheless you can already do that by building your own app if you have significant enough investment and both of these felt like apple filling in really pedestrian consumer grade workday kind of products and it, not things you associate because normally Apple sort of make you think, oh, wow, you know, that, that's, mm. you know, they've done something I beyond. want to use that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's important to make the distinction. We're not saying these won't have an impact, but because of the volume, they will, and they've been well implemented, but they're not setting the agenda. They're not making people go, Apple's made me think. You're just going, actually, you're thinking Apple's copying or Apple's following. I think that's very different for a couple of years ago. I think you can also see that in some of the platform improvements they talked about. The proactive assistant was kind of, everyone was saying, that's kind of a bit like Google Now and Cortana. Mm. They updated their maps to have public transit information. That's something that you know, was in both you know, Google and uh, Here Maps yeah, quite some time ago. I don't want to hear any cheering when they say, we've just done what the market expected. You know, yeah. and that's 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 what's uncomfortable. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with any of the ecosystems, be it Google or Windows or Apple, looking at other ecosystems, seeing trends emerge and saying, right, we are going to play that's in that a space standard. too. That's a standard. So everybody's going to have a Siri or a Katana or an yeah. intelligent assistant. Everyone's going to have mapping. Everyone's going to have media, et cetera, et cetera. And there's no, I don't think there's any problem. I, you know, the, the copying... It's alleg- a good thing. Well, yeah, the copying allegations that Samsung, for example, are subject to are far more about when you rip off the branding and the styling and you try and exactly actually the same. steal yeah. the sort of the, the look and the feel and try and cash in on somebody else's marketing dollars. That's where I think it gets shady. But saying, you know, all high-end phones need fingerprint readers mm-hmm. or all ecosystems need smart assistants. So they are fair enough. You know, you have to yes. catch up and you yeah. see that happening in all industries. Yeah. But what surprised me was not that they're doing it, but just how many of the announcements seem to be that, which kind of reminded me for the first time in a long time how much catch-up Apple had to do. That's absolutely right. And even in some of the areas that I thought were more interesting, like multitasking on the iPad, basically that's just come from Windows. You know, And don't get me wrong, I think they're important. They move the iPad close to the direction of the computing. But it wasn't this big new shape or category-defining thing. I mean, you can also look at things that are maybe in between and it, it's actually tends to be the things that are quite early on in their lifetime. So Apple Watch OS, I mean, actually I think some of the things they've done there with the new complications and time travel are really very nice ideas, but actually even those to a certain extent have been borrowed from elsewhere. This idea of time-based UIs been around for a long time. I can remember seeing concepts about it. It's actually what Pebble Time have been doing. And similarly with the HomeKit and the Health and the CarPlay, they're all interesting things, but they don't feel quite so agenda-setting as they did because everyone's going, what can you do around the smartphone? So is it worth thinking, were Apple leading or doing something different? I want to say Apple Pay. Now, as, as well, we, it's not new, as first of all. But as we record this, Apple Pay hasn't launched in the UK, but it's just about to. Mm. But overall, Apple Pay leads mobile payments. Yes. It's the most well implemented it has the least friction i mean whether or not you think mobile payments are a good idea or are going to take off is almost another thing but if you accept that mobile payments are going to exist it's really well done and i think they're clearly ahead there but by the same token not that far ahead anyway and and actually what they did there was they were the first to get the biometrics and payment and that's what made it interesting for in-app payment and actually the cloning of cars to do contactless things 
feels quite leading and innovative in yeah. the States. But here in the UK, we've had contactless payments for a long time. And I'm talking about physical contactless and point of sale units. That to me is less interesting. And actually, I think this really speaks to the power of the Apple brand. There isn't anything particularly new or leading about this. But what Apple has done very cleverly is kind of packaged it up. And you're now seeing people kind of almost baying to have Apple Pay support in their products, well, to have that logo in the, the shop window. When the banks here in the UK announced it, that they will be supporting Apple Pay, there was quite a lot of chatter in the social media of people saying, ah, my bank isn't actually supporting that. I won't mention the, the brand names, but that's a challenge. Because uh, if, you, if you're a, a big Apple customer... But it's a, and, clear, it's a clear point of differentiation yeah. because many of the bank's mobile apps, for example, are really, really poor. Mm. And there are a number that are all sort of outsourced to one provider. My yeah. bank, for example, First Direct, you know, has somebody else build their app for them. Mm. And it is that's, just, that's a shocker, First Direct, it is isn't it? Just atrocious. I mean, I love the bank, the service so much. You know, mm. I'm a real advocate for their brand, except for their mobile banking app. And I yeah. know because you work in this sector, you're not going to express an opinion about... Mm. And, and that's fair well, enough. I just, I just expressed an opinion about First Direct because I'm a customer yeah, First Exactly. Direct. But, you know, you, you can say nice things, I suppose. But, you know, I thought that yeah. the app was really bad. But now you've got this direct comparison. Does yes. your bank have this or does my bank have this? And, I, and, I and can, it's very cool. And it's exactly you can invest a lot thing. of money on your iPhone yeah. anyway. And then we are massive contactless users. Uh, this country. Uh, and the irony so of all this with, with Apple Pay is actually Apple haven't done too much from a technology point of view. They've actually signed a few contracts. All the technology for Apple Pay in terms of things around tokenization, and actually most of the work has been done by Visa. And if anyone could feel a bit cheesed off, I think it's actually Visa who does the clearing stuff, essentially, who's done all the hard work for mobile payments. And basically, Apple swanned in and go, we're going to stick our Apple logo on it, and we're going to benefit from all the kind of the credit and the congratulations from people. But I think actually that's where Apple do show their leadership exactly. because they've they've got that relationship with one of the world's largest you know payment brands. They are the largest holder of credit cards. The data. largest holder of credit card data. And actually, if I was Visa, I would be delighted. Yes. I had the cachet of being associated with the world's well, largest say, brand. They're going to do it. And, and actually, they'll fix it. You know, my all my cards in my wallet might say Visa or Mastercard or something like that, but they've all got some other brand plastered more prominently, like the the financial institution that issued them. So I'd say Visa are quite happy being an engine that just churns huge volumes of transactions and all of a sudden now there's something exciting to be associated with but, so will but, you be using apple pay uh yeah i probably will but i accept have you is um have you got support first direct yep so yeah. they're they're, they're, they're in they're, the first wave because hsbc which is the parent organization is yeah um have you checked the first direct get it as well yes so they were on okay. the they were oh, on they the, were on the, they were on the slide the apple slide but just getting back to the point about them being a, a leader there you know, they clearly are leading there. But similarly, I think from a, a mindshare point of view, they've had the brownie points for that now. You know, they announced Apple Pay. They got the big wow. It's been a thing. Yeah. Google have now responded. There's Android Pay. And, you know, we'll cover that in more detail later on. Uh, but, you know, there are other payment services getting baked into other ecosystems. So I was um, trying to think of one area where Apple had sort of built up like a really sustainable lead, you know, on, on the others. And I think I've got one. In sales of market share, they have, but I don't know if you put an iPad next to a Samsung tablet, Galaxy tablet. Oh, come on, put it in the, Wait a minute. Both of you lost because you said a little while ago for Christmas, buy your, your child a cheap, nonsense, rubbish Android. Ah, but in that case, then we're agreeing because for me, the sustainable value is around the build, the construction, and the hardware quality. And the user interface. 
I think that's... Come on, the user interface on Android, it does not match. It, it, it's not as good. But for me, if you put an well, iPad... If you put an iPad... Well, my personal opinion, but if you put an iPad next to a Samsung Galaxy tablet, the sustainable lead that Apple's got is the skill in engineering and, and delivering beautifully engineered hardware that isn't just robust enough for the job. And, you know, mm. bend gate aside... You know, on on the whole, it's been just about robust enough. But it's been beautiful. It's been well engineered. It's, it's lovely materials. And the operating system and user interface is gorgeous. And what it but what it shows though my is my mother that, doesn't use an Android but, tablet. But what it what it shows though is that Apple is much broader than just the software that goes mm. on a plastic OEM manufactured bit of gunk. See, I think this is where Apple has an advantage because it's a singular entity. I think you can look at various companies, and it might be HTC, it might be Sony, it might be Microsoft with the Lumo line, and point out similar levels of hardware quality and consistency. But there's also a lot of rubbish in the Android world, which kind of drags down the overall reputation. So I don't disagree with you, but I think Apple does have that. And it's kind of this, around this brand premium and, and consistency angle that reaches across that kind of totality of what the product represents. But I don't think that's unique to Apple. But by standing alone and being this completely, if you like, um, kind of vertically integrated offering rather than sort of being disparate with Google plus manufacturers plus other bits. So for me, the standout thing for Apple, where it stands out and is leading and takes a different approach, is the fact it does everything from the top to the bottom. It's pretty unique in that regard, isn't it? And it even fabricates its own chips and those sorts of things as yeah, well. So it really from the silicon upwards, and you know, yeah. couple that with the retail as well. That's what gives it this whole aura, if you like. And I think some well, of the that... Sur- is- yeah, don't forget the service, the fact that you know my mother's delighted to go back, she'll go to the, the, the Apple shop. Yeah, it's the Apple genius and all of that. And yeah. that aura of being the best and being at the top, I think, is, is really important. Now, some of it, I would say, is perception. And, you know, it isn't always value, but it does manage to continue to stand out from the rest of the market because of that. Okay, so there's a bunch of stuff that was discussed at WWDC, and I don't know what camp to put it into. Obvious example at the moment is Apple Watch. I mean, all right, I'm very pleased with mine and I've bought it because I like... I like, well, I like I'm just I'm impressed that you uh, paid like, double or triple. I like new toys, uh, you know. Do you, all right, but genuinely, just very quickly, do you not think that... Because the new one is coming, you know, September, October or whenever. I'll get that. It's fine. Yeah. Apple tax. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Um, this is the man who, not many years ago, moved people to write what I think were the only genuinely angry emails we've ever had by saying that he wanted a phone that nobody else was able to have because he wanted to be completely exclusive. And that's where people used to email and go, is he joking? To, my God, that man, he needs to go away. He's the most insufferable cretin ever. So The, the thing I'd say about Watch, though, is, and, and I, you know, as I said earlier, I do think Apple's done some interesting stuff with it, is it's such an immature space and there's still so many open questions about yeah. where it's going to go and, you know, you tie this into wearables and all these kind of subsidiary devices that I don't think you can hold watch and watch OS out as being that much different and let's not forget actually the Android Wear devices were out significantly ahead of it and there's others I think I don't think it stands out I don't think it stands out other than because of the marketing budget behind it if you walk down a street and ask you know normal consumers what devices the the Apple Watch will be the only smartwatch that they know about because they will have heard about it on the TV or they will have seen the adverts and they will have or on the news or the news they probably will have seen the Samsung ones as well the Sony ones but they would have seen straight through them because they look like tech products yeah. but actually having said that 
given that the Apple Watch is as much probably a fitness tracker as it is uh-huh. a smartwatch at the moment, I think Fitbit and people like that really have the, the still the, the most of the mind share. If you say to people, oh, you know, if you've got one of those fitness bands, yeah. you know, loads of people will either have them or know people who've got them. And even if it's not a Fitbit, you know, people in our office call them Fitbits just because, you know, yeah. loads, loads. So that's, you know, that's me, where the mind share is. The problem I've got with the Apple Watch is the fact that you've got a more expensive one. That's but bugging is, you, isn't it? It's, is it because is, is no, it it I've got a better one than you now? That it would normally be bugging Jealousy. me. It would be really bugging me if you Jealousy. said you had the 64 gig version. That would really bug me. The issue that I can't get through my head is you've paid more because it looks better. I it doesn't you, look you, better and it's got more stuff in it. It just looks better. Actually, it looks better and it's going to last longer as well because this one has the sapphire crystal glass in it. I think you protest too much, Europe, yeah. but what? Let, let's, let's kind of... Protest? I thought you were talking about him protesting too much. Well, just quickly before we fall back into slagging me off, HomeKit and CarPlay and HealthKit were the three other things that got talked about loads at WWDC. We will inevitably have to come back and talk about them because they are massive topics in their own right. But, Rafe, I don't see anybody else addressing home automation or health tracking quite in the same way because CarPlay is very similar to Android Auto, in which case I'd say no one really has a a lead or anything because it's just not out there enough yet. But what about HealthKit and HomeKit? I think HealthKit, Apple's got some great press for it, but actually it's pretty irrelevant. It's not HIPAA or FDA compliant. So the things you can do with it at medical grade aren't very interesting, so therefore it just falls into the fitness tracking, which is you... Is, is it not a case that then they're not compliant with those medical standards yet? I mean, the, the way that they're building the platform certainly suggests that it's headed in that direction. But you could say the same about Google's health platform, or actually you could look at something like Microsoft HealthFault, which actually has been built end-to-end in terms of the stuff with doctors, it's the stuff in the cloud with health records, and actually the consumer bit of Microsoft Health, which connects to various devices, is much less obvious, but it's also cross-platform. So I think Apple got some clever partnerships by going after universities in the first version of that but the fact they've been so quiet about it is notable in itself. And similarly with HomeKit, they made a lot of noise about it. There were a lot of things on show at CES, but there's very few products that were actually out now. And they talked about the new stuff and it was things like you can now control your window blinds. They haven't even told the complete story around remote control and it looks like it's going to require Apple TV. And that didn't come at WWC. It was rumoured to be talked about. So none of that, as I said, feels like it's setting the conversation with the industry. There's loads of activity going on outside of Apple and it hasn't come in and disrupted it and made everyone go, we need to do it in a different way. And that, that's the big difference for me. All right. Objectively, they don't have the lead that they once had. You know, regardless of mind share and feel and brand enthusiasm, mm. objectively, they're not as far ahead of the competition as they once were. But actually there's still in a bunch of areas where they really are ahead. And the thing is you can't discount existing mindshare and the brand and the loyalty and the fact that, you know, put it bluntly, if Apple speculatively makes a widget and I'm in any way interested in it... There's a Pavlovian response. My, my, my inclination is, well, I'll buy it because actually all their other products were quite good. And sure, I'm, you know, it might not be great, but actually I quite like Apple products and I don't feel like that about any other... Brand and I know, for example, you know, Rafe, we we tease you about being a you know Microsoft Nokia junkie, but very few people would have that relationship with the Microsoft brand Absolutely. where they go out and buy a Surface just because Microsoft had released one. Whereas I think a lot of Apple fans would go and buy an iPad 
just try it. Just because, oh, this must yeah, be the just because the next have, thing uh, it was released. And, yeah. it, and it's very noticeable, even for someone like me. I'm living in multiple different kind of ecosystems where both of you basically live in Apple almost exclusively. We joke about the number of You live of in a big house in the country. Well, there is that <laughs> as well. But also, I think it's important to know, as, as we kind of did with news and music, it doesn't have to be the best product. It just needs to be good enough for most people. And, you know, there will be a lot of people who will subscribe to Apple Music because it's the Apple product. And frankly, it will serve 95% of their needs. And they'll go, that, that's great. And I can have it all from the same company. And it comes back to that consistency. And Apple does tie things together more tightly, I think, than any other ecosystem. Yeah, make it as easy. a result of that, the perceived value to the end consumer is that much higher. Okay, so I am sick of reading articles about Apple's about to die because, or Apple's about to fail because. I need people to read my posts. Exactly. Yeah. That's the only reason people write those posts. And it's just lazy, look at me journalism. It's not even really properly journalism. But setting that aside, are they now more vulnerable? I mean, they've got enough money to have lots and lots of terrible failures and still be a colossally successful firm. But given that they don't have that technical or ecosystem lead anymore, you know, though, although they're still strong in many, many areas, are they now in a position where they need to do more? Or actually, is Apple's approach, you know, slowly, slowly, softly, softly, own the top end, going to be enough to have, you know, the eyeballs and the mind share they need? I think people want to see the wow, but frankly, the pension fund is very happy with what they're doing at the moment. And they're being very intelligent about the way they grow by kind of expanding horizontally into new segments. And we've kind of seen that with home and health and car. And they're also still growing in the emerging markets. I think what it does come down to is whether you think that's sustainable in and of itself or whether the fact that you've got a competing ecosystem in the form of Google, and you could talk about others as well, that are going to be so big that they will have the volume that economies of scale might start to play a factor. My view on that is it does make Apple more vulnerable because part of their aura and part of their kind of brand ethos is having that leadership position and that is going to be harder to defend but ultimately i think they are so big in and of themselves that they're big enough to create their own market just remember a, a scale yeah. that no other company or consumer product operates on i think that brings in a new set of rules so we can't think about it in traditional kind of market sizing ways this is an organization that shipped an iphone 4 right that didn't work properly as if you if you gripped it um yeah, it stopped working gate. right yeah, the antenna gate, and Jobs was able to get up on stage and go, no, you're holding it wrong. And he was able to make sure that people went out and bought the phone. There was no issue. Yeah. And they still have that credibility. So they, they, it's a very unique organization. So one quick question before yeah. we wrap up then. In a world where $150... In a world. In a world where $150, $200 phones are, you know, very, very good and people are migrating perhaps down the price scale because the, the devices are so capable, will there come a point where people don't build for, prioritize, give preference to the Apple ecosystem because actually the vast majority of people, even those that can afford Apple phones, are choosing to buy a $200 one because it's good enough? It's actually, I think it's very much like the No Frills Airlines. I'm quite happy to go first class. But I'm also really quite happy to go on an easy jet flight. And actually, well, it's a really good example because now if you try to book a business class flight within Europe, you'll be hard pushed to because yeah. actually the only capacity that there is is budget airlines yeah. because they've squeezed out all the other operators. Yeah. And so could that happen to Apple? I, I think it absolutely could. 
But at the same time, I think there's a lot more flex in that smartphone market. And because it's still fast moving and still kind of consuming more things, I think Apple are safer than most people would assume because of that. But I do think that... Insulated. That, they are insulated. But I think the agenda will start to be set by that mass market, not just the top end. And we're already seeing that. That's where some of the innovative things are happening in mm. terms of handsets, certainly in terms of service design. And I certainly think that companies are going to take a decision. We need to go after that volume, not just the top end, but it will be very segment specific. And so while Apple is more vulnerable than it has been, I think it's also getting stronger because it's tying customers ever closer and ever more firmly into its own grip. Okay, so just a quick reminder, our friends at tigermobiles.com are mm. going to give you the smartphone that you think is the best on the market if you tell us, and you can tell us by going to 361podcast.com slash contact, and there there are phone numbers, Skype ID, or a form Tweets. you can fill in to email us, or you can tweet us at 361podcast, or you can find us on Facebook if you absolutely must. The other thing you're going to need to do, though, to have a chance of winning is to sign up to the 361 newsletter. There's a link on the website there. You can go to sign up, get notified of new episodes really soon, and stand a chance of winning a great handset. Thank you very much to the guys from tigermobiles.com. They are a fantastic price comparison site where you can can compare the price of contract pay as you go and sim only deals they've got a bunch of exclusive Indeed. stuff and it's a great place to go and check before you buy right gents thanks very much there as we ever. go thank you thank episode you. two thank you done. to everyone signing up to the newsletter thank you to everyone sending in your comments and questions Indeed. we're going to have another question next week from listeners we haven't had time this week but we'll have a listener question next week which would be really great as ever, editorial assistance this week provided by Emma Krauss, researched by Roland Banks, audio edited and mixed by Mark Cotton of audiowrangler.co.uk, studio and venue provided by Digitas LBI. Thank you very much to all of those people thank who've you. made the show possible and thank you to uh, thank you to my co-hosts. Our lovely uh, listeners. And our lovely oh, that's listeners. nice of you. Yeah, Rafe Blanford's perked up. Thank you to our lovely listeners. We'll be back next week. See you then. Bye-bye.